Welcome to the National Women's Fitness Academy podcast. We're here to talk about women's health, female hormones, body image, and all things health and fitness. My name is Ellen and I am the newest co-host to this podcast together with Siggy and Lauren. I am a binge and body image coach and also an educator for Women's Fitness Academy Australia. I'm super, super excited to be hosting this podcast with these two amazing ladies and hopefully you like this first episode. Something that I've been thinking about for a long time um, and I'm just so, so grateful that I now have the opportunity to spread my knowledge even further um, and help inspire more females all over the world, not just in Australia, and be able to bring this to you in a different kind of format from my usual pages on um, Instagram or TikTok or any kind of social media platform. Um, I love podcasts, so this will be super, super exciting. If there's any guests or anything, anything specific that you'd like me to talk about, please just reach out. Um, I will share my social media handles at the end of this. I just wanted to do a little solo episode. It's not going to be too long because I just wanted to kind of introduce myself, what I'm about um, and how I got into what I do for work right now. So for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Ellen and I am from Sweden. So if there's ever something that you don't understand or you're like, what is this accent? What is she on about? That is why I am from Sweden, but I have lived in Australia in for eight years um, and I love it. I currently live in Bonnai, which has been absolutely amazing. It's, it's an awesome place to live. Um, I just recently came back from Bali where I did the flexible dieting module for the coaches-to-be that were there completing their fitness uh, certificates. And I've been running my own business called Lotus Health Co. for about four years now. Um, And we're a team of coaches now who help females from all over the world, from China to Europe to America, Australia. Um, And it's something that I'm so, so passionate about but I am also a body image and binge eating coach and it's something that I am um, struggle with myself and that's kind of why I got into this business in the first place. So to understand like who I am and what I'm about and why I wanted to start this podcast, I wanted to do this solo episode just to kind of introduce myself and help you understand that I'm not just your typical fit chick who does shows and who's never had any issues with food and who um who's always just been like happy healthy lean ish (laughs) um i have struggled a lot with all of this and if you are currently struggling with this just know that you are not alone so I started my first diet when I was about 14, 15 years old, and I'm 30 now. And I struggled with disordered eating, eating disorders, body image issues for over 12 years. So almost the majority of my life, but definitely the majority of my adult life. And it's something that I think is so, so common, especially these days. And with social media, just making it even more like 
out there done it already was when I grew up. Like when I grew up, all we had was this gossip magazines and like do this diet this celebrity has done this juice cleanse like you should do it and you can drop this much weight but it wasn't so in our face like social media is now everyone walks around with with their phone in their hand everyone has some kind of social media account and it's just so easy to get stuck looking at these pictures pictures of these uh, women who look like they look they look perfect and they look like they have the perfect lives but what's important to remember is that What we see on social media is literally just someone else's highlight reel. People only show you what they want you to see. So don't get too stuck. If you are someone who looks a lot on social media, please remember that if they don't want you to know, they're not going to show you. So if someone looks like they're happy all the time, you have no idea what's going on behind closed doors. You have no idea if they're posting a photo um, of them happy, smiling, and then they go home crying. Or, you know, sometimes we see couples post photos looking super happy only to break up the next week. So social media is fake. It's there to just kind of show you what life is um unfortunately i feel like it's taken the wrong direction it's kind of showed only the good parts and that's where i think it's really important and especially for us who are educators to show that there is a massive um the massive side to life that no one really talks about and that's also so so important like even that's the most important part that we are being real we are being honest and we are showing that life isn't perfect and you don't have to be either so I started my first diet when I was yeah 14, 15 years old um, and for me it really quickly escalated into like a full-blown full blown eating disorder. So it might have started off with just doing a couple of juice cleanses and doing this and that from whatever magazine I was reading um, but because I went to a school where like there was a, a girl who was new at our school and she was really popular um she became really popular and she was very open with having an eating disorder and that she was it was kind of encouraging everyone to jump on the train and almost all of my friends did but some people took it further than others and i was one of them who took it the furthest um everyone else kind of just stopped after a few months but for me like i was hooked i was hooked with the adrenaline of losing weight of accomplishing things all the time that's how i saw the weight loss as an accomplishment and also people commenting and saying that I lost weight and noticing. Um, and then I moved out of home and I was really, really unhappy. So I think I started using my eating disorder as a way of asking for help without having, without actually asking because I was so miserable and I just, I wanted to move home, but I was too scared to say that I want to move home because I, I didn't want to give up. I didn't want to feel like I was failing. And I knew that I had a lot had gone into me moving. Um, so I didn't want to risk put any of that. Like I just felt like if I'm going to say I want to move home, I'm failing my, my parents, I'm failing my school, I'm failing myself. Um, and so my eating disorder kind of became as a way of cry for help. But once you've done something for long enough, it becomes a habit and it's going to be so, so hard to break. And I, I do really wish that I would have gotten professional help for this because um, I think that I would have healed a lot quicker or hopefully if there was a good professional, um, but I didn't. So I ended up moving out, moving back home because at the end, like everyone was just too worried about me. I almost passed out so many times, had to go to the hospital. Um, and yeah, I just moved back home and 
it was once I got back home, it was very hard to keep up with all the lying and hiding food and pretending like I'd eaten when I hadn't. Um, and eventually it just became down to me and my mom's relationship. And we've always been super close and having to lie to her every single day, it was just getting too much for me. And like, I, I will never forget that day when we were just screaming, crying towards each other in the hallway. And she was just saying, like, can you please eat? Like, I'm so worried about you. You're fading away. I don't know what to do. Um, and that was like, I'm still kind of feeling emotional just talking about that because it was such a big turning point just to see how much I was hurting her uh, by doing like by lying all the time, by saying that I'd eaten or saying that I was going to a friend's when I was actually going for like a massive run or something like that. Um, so, <clears throat> sorry. Anyway, so then we, well, I started my recovery journey. I did go see a counselor a couple of times, but for me, I, it, it wasn't the right person. Um, and I was, I've always been that kind of person who thinks that I can do everything myself. And yeah, I, I do wish that I would have perceived like, that I would have kept going to someone who, someone else because even though my eating, I was starting to eat again, I still felt like shit and I still felt like I wasn't good enough. I, I felt like a failure because I'd been putting on weight. I still, I was still dieting even though I was eating. I was still super, super conscious of my, my body, what I was putting into my body. I still felt like I was fat. Um, I also have this big birthmark on my left leg, which I was have always been really self conscious about growing up because you know kids are mean. Kids will ask and say things that they might not actually mean, but you take it really to heart. Um, and like some, like I'd been called a cow, I'd been called a monster, I'd been called like a weirdo, um, and all of these things made me really, really self conscious about my leg. So dieting for me was also a way to kind of think in my head I was thinking well if my leg is smaller people are not going to notice it as much um, so that was kind of me why I was trying to diet so my legs are something that I've always been really self-conscious about um, and yeah I just that kind of just kept going and I kept dieting kept jumping on diet to diet kept restricting my food and then not sticking to it for more than a few few weeks maybe a month at a time and then I would just overeat or binge uh, on the weekend and then I would jump on a new diet again and that was basically my life until I moved to <coughs> Australia and then I did a bodybuilding show and that completely just spiraled everything um, I I was basically just using the bodybuilding show as an excuse to excuse to just like fully lean into my eating disorder but making it normal so one after the show was finished i had done this crazy like ridiculously strict diet eight hundred thousand calories a day for 12 weeks and i had literally bought so much food that i i had two full drawers full of food that i was going to eat after the show and that was all i was looking forward to i didn't really care that much about the show i just wanted to eat because i was so deprived the day after, I literally ate all day. The next day, I called in sick to work because I felt like I wasn't done eating. Um, and then it it was just after that, it, I was either not eating anything, so I would just eat a couple, like a can of tuna and some lettuce leaves, or I would binge. And it went on like that for years. Um, it would get a little bit better at times, and then I would fall straight back into it. And it got to the point where I would 
go to the shops and then I would sit outside our house and I would eat all this food. Like it could be like $80 worth of food and eat it all and then just throw it in my neighbor's bin because I didn't want my partner at the time to know what I was doing. Um, like I couldn't have anything that was remotely like nice to eat at home because I would just binge on it or that's how what I was telling myself. You can't have anything that tastes good at home. You have to only have boring, bland foods because if you have anything like that, you're going to binge. And every single weekend, like I would eat nothing during the week and then during the weekend, I would just treat it as calories don't count. I'm just going to binge. That's what I've been looking forward to all week. Because I had been restricting myself so bad during the week, I was starving going into the weekend. And sometimes I would eat like a whole loaf of bread with no butter or anything on it just because I... I was just, I just wanted to binge. Like I didn't even care what it was. I just wanted to eat and eat and eat and eat. And I literally couldn't stop myself until I was so sick that I would either throw up because I was so full or my stomach would just be in so much pain that not, I couldn't even drink water because I was so full. And this is what binge eating is. It's kind of like having an out-of-body experience and you know that you should stop and you know that this food is not even tasting that good, but you physically can't. So I was feeling really, really self-conscious and I was also gaining a lot of weight, especially towards the end because it, it had just gotten so out of control. So I started, um, I, I started doing, I got out of bodybuilding because I was like, this is like not doing anything good for my mental health. Um, I, I unfollowed everyone who was doing bodybuilding stuff on Instagram because I was just comparing myself. Like I was crying every second day because I wasn't looking like certain females. And the, the more guilty I felt about the food, the more I also would binge. Um, and the more I compared myself, the more I would binge. So it was just like a terrible cycle. So I got into CrossFit because I was like, well, these people train because like they look amazing, they're really strong, but that looks cool. Like I've always been someone who likes to push myself hard in the gym. That looks like a sport for me. And honestly, first session, I fell in love. I just knew like this is what I want to do. I just loved the intensity. I loved that no one cared what I looked like. I loved that there was no mirrors. Um... There was females who were way bigger than me wearing tiny booty shorts and a crop top and they, they seemed so happy. They didn't seem to care at all. And I just like this, like I need to, I need to do this. So I started going there and it was actually the first time I ever started wearing shorts in the gym because before I'd been so self-conscious and my worst nightmare would have been if someone asked like, what is that on your leg? Like when I was at the gym and at CrossFit, like no one cared like no one ever said anything about my outfit or my hair or my makeup or whatever it was and all that people cared about at CrossFit was that I showed up that I worked hard and that I tried my absolute best in every single workout and that's what I loved about and that's what I still love about it so six months into doing CrossFit I started seeing that I wasn't improving anymore and I was training a lot, but I was still doing the same thing with my diet because by now even though I was a lot happier I had just made it into a habit. Binge eating was now a habit and a habit that was really hard to break because I just I just didn't know how. Um, so I started with a coach that was doing macro tracking. Um, and honestly, I basically just replaced one obsession, binge eating, with another obsession, which was macro tracking. And yes, I did lose a lot of weight and I felt like I, my body physically felt really good because I was training a lot. I was eating basically only clean food because I was so 
focused on fueling my body the absolute best I could so I could perform the absolute best at CrossFit. Um, so my body was feeling good, but my mental health was really bad because I was so obsessed with hitting the macros spot on every single time. Like if I was cutting up 50 grams of capsicum and I had 53 on the scale, I would literally cut off three grams of the capsicum just to make it 50. If I would get a meal out, like for sometimes me and my ex or my partner at the time, we used to go out for burgers and I always used to want to take it home just so I could completely deconstruct the burger and weigh everything individually and then scrape off the sauce, use my own sauce, use my own bread just so I could be sure of what was going on and how much I was eating. At one point, I even had a panic attack at a cafe because I had asked the barista for a long black with a dash of almond milk and she had put a little bit more than what I considered was a dash and I was freaking out because I wasn't going to hate my macros that day. So obviously now looking back, I can see that this was really unhealthy. But when I was in it, it's anything like everyone who has had an eating disorder or disordered eating behavior in general, you're going to know that like when you're in it, you think that's healthy. And especially if you're like me, you surround yourself with people who are doing the same. Like the girl who I was best friends with at the time, she was exactly like me. We were both training twice a day. And we were both like spot on with our food. We would never, ever, ever go out of our plan. That's That was all we do. We trained and we ate. That's all we did. Um, and I didn't realize how unhealthy it was until I went back to Sweden to see my family for Christmas. And I remember like barely being excited about going home because I was so stressed about how am I going to weigh my food? How am I going to be able to track? How am I going to be able to train? Like there's no CrossFit gym there. What am I going to do? I'm going to lose all my gains. I'm going to this, this, this. Like I wasn't even excited. So I got home, I brought my food scales with me to Sweden and I was sitting at the kitchen table and we're having dinner with my family and I brought, took them out and I just started weighing everything and I just remember like everyone looking, just looking at me like, what the hell are you doing? And I was just, I was like, oh, it's, it's for my goals, I want to be able to perform properly, blah, 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 kind of just try to justify like that. But the longer I stayed, the more I realized that what I was doing was actually really unhealthy and it was preventing me from having so many amazing moments in my life because I would never go for a spontaneous ice cream. I would never go for drinks on the weekend. I would never go for a meal out that I, if I couldn't track it, I'm like basically 100%. And in, when I was back home, I was eating mom's home-cooked food that I had no freaking idea how much cream she put in it. Or I would go out and have cinnamon buns and coffee with my friends once or twice a day. And I've made, I had so much fun and I was able to be so much more myself because I wasn't depriving myself of having all these social occasions. Um, so at this time, I'd already started my nutrition studies. And when I was kind of realizing like, okay, well, what I was doing before wasn't healthy. What I was doing before that wasn't healthy either. There has to be something that's in between of tracking macros and also being able to live your life to the fullest. Because I did still feel like tracking was a good tool because it allowed me to learn a lot about food and I, my training, like I've never felt so good in the gym ever in my life. So I got back to Australia and I stopped working with that coach because I just needed a break from everything. Um, and I just randomly fell into this like flexible dieting Instagram page where people were eating donuts and pizza and they still looked amazing and they looked like they had a lot of fun and they looked like 
they weren't feeling guilty about it at all. And I was like, hang on. So you can actually eat pizza or, or burgers or donuts. You don't have to track it 100%. And you can still feel and look amazing. Like, how does that work? So I basically read everything that I could come over about flexible dieting, watched every YouTube video, listened to every podcast. Um, I did, tried it myself and got amazing results, had the most amount of freedom I've had in years. And I, yeah, I just decided that this is what I'm going to base my business on. And this is what I want to do to help other females also be able to find freedom around food like I had. So started Lotus Health Co, which I've been, yeah, was doing, been doing for four years. Um, and then recently I started taking on a lot of binge eating clients as well, because I realized that it's something that it's a massive gap in the market. There's not many people who can coach about it because there's not many people who talk about it in general. And I think it's really important that people who have suffered from eating disorders or disordered body um, issues or anything like that, that we are open about it and that we t- try and break that stigma and break the guilt and that it's nothing wrong with asking for help. And that asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. It's a sign that you value yourself. It's a sign that you want to get better for yourself, but also for those around you. So that's why I wanted to share my story with you to help you understand that yeah, I might feel really good now and I might be someone who basically loves, like lives for flexible dieting because I never restrict myself from anything. If someone wants to go out for a meal and I want to go, I will go. If I don't want to go, cool, then I won't because I have that healthy relationship with food now and I have that healthy relationship with myself. And that's something that I think that every single woman out there deserves to have. And the way we're going to have Um, help people achieve that is by sharing our stories it's by telling people what we've gone through and how we have recovered or that we sometimes still struggle a little bit like god everyone that i know who's had an eating disorder still have those thoughts every now and then and so do i and there's nothing wrong with that it's normal as long as you don't act on these thoughts that's what makes this different, that now we know so much better. Now we know how much better we feel when we're actually trying to live to our fullest potential and we're enjoying our life and we're having fun going out with our friends or we're having a pizza or then but the next day you might want to have a salad because you're so in tune now with your body and what your body needs and what it's trying to tell you. So anyway, I hope that was um, helpful to people and that you can understand that if you are going through anything like this, if you are going through eating disorder, or disordered eating or bad body image issues, there is help. And it's also, you don't have to be ashamed about it. You don't have to talk openly about it on a podcast or Instagram. It's like I do, but it maybe it could be like a goal or maybe it could be something that you can, you know, look for in the future. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot more common than we think that it is. And, yeah, I think it's just really important that we are being open and honest about it. Um, and that we, the more we talk about it, the more we can understand that a lot of these things, how we're feeling, are words that someone said to us when we were kids. So, for example, with my leg, yeah, I, someone might have said that to me when I was like six years old and I got really upset, but now I'm 30. And if someone would say that to me now, I will be able to look at it from a completely different perspective. But because 
if I wouldn't have done all the work that I've done on myself, I probably still would have held on to the same emotion and the same feelings that that six-year-old girl was, was having. I still would have been upset. I still would have been ashamed. But now I'm kind of more like, yes, I have a big birthmark on my leg. I honestly, like, I don't care. It's a part of me. It's who I am. If I didn't have that, it wouldn't be 100% me. And I'm not ashamed of it. And if people want to ask, ask. People ask because they're curious. Most of the time, they don't mean anything bad to it. And also, even if they do mean something bad, it's not really, like, you don't have to get offended. You choose yourself if you want to get offended by something. Words can only hurt you if you let them. And that's something that I've really worked on a lot lately, that what matters the most is what you say to yourself and how you treat yourself, the conversation that you have with yourself daily. That is the most important conversation you're going to have all freaking day and in your whole life because you are the only one that you with 100% certainty will be around for the rest of your life. So make sure that the relationship that you have to yourself is the healthiest one that you will have in your whole life with everyone else around you. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I am super excited for next week's guest, which will be the first guest for this little podcast. Um, if you like this episode, please remember to screenshot, tag me um, at Ellen Grandstand or at Lowe's Healthcare, tag Women's Fitness Academy Australia and tell us what you think. Um, please give us five stars on iTunes and Apple Store if you enjoyed this episode and I hope to chat to you further. Um, like I said before, if you have any questions or any guests that you would like me to bring on, um, please just send me a message. I want to talk about Everything from flexible dieting to body image to eating disorders to overcoming big obstacles in your life. Um, yeah, and I hope this is just going to be a super empowering girl power podcast. <laughs> Have a great day and thanks for listening.